This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, May 29th, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. Economists will seemingly always disagree, and economics is a field of study in which essential truths can be cast aside or forgotten. Lawrence H. White is author of the new book, The Clash of Economic Ideas, The Great Policy Debates and Experiments of the Last Hundred Years. We spoke May 11th. Why is it important that we go back through these historical debates over the last hundred years about economics? Well, I think we learned something about the nature of the current debate, where the ideas came from, and why the disagreements persist. Um, Somebody suggested to me that I ought to subtitle the book, Why Economists Continue to Disagree, because this is something that uh, baffles the public, uh, that as the joke goes, and I repeat this joke and every other joke I can find in the book, Uh, If you laid all the economists end-to-end, they still couldn't reach a decision. And the reason is that they're arguing about uh, matters that aren't purely answerable with mathematics or statistics, but they're uh, arguing about fundamental views of what kind of society we want to live in, Uh, although the My book is partly about economic philosophies but also partly about arguments about what makes sense theoretically and what works uh, in the real world. And so another reason we want to revisit the last hundred years is to find out what conclusions people have drawn based on what evidence uh, about what works and what doesn't work. In here you write that uh, Lord Skidelsky when writing about uh, John Maynard Keynes certainly overstated the case by suggesting that Keynes invented macroeconomics. Could you detail that a little bit? So Keynes invented Keynesian macroeconomics or developed Keynesian macroeconomics, although Keynes himself cited some predecessors to his ideas. But economists had been talking about the the causes of business cycles, which is what we normally mean by macroeconomics, uh, for more than a century before Keynes wrote. So In the 19th century, and I talk about this in the book, there was a debate over why the United States was having business cycles. Uh, This debate is taking place during the Jackson administration. Uh, There's a debate in Great Britain about why England is having business cycles. And the leading theorists of the day were saying, well, maybe the Bank of England has something to do with it. Or in the US, maybe the Bank of the United States has something to do with it. So they were talking about the money supply. They were talking about the economy as a whole. They were trying to explain why unemployment was high, why there were idle machines lying around in the depths of a recession. So all those questions had been debated for a long time before Keynes started offering his particular take uh, on why recessions happen and what what should be done to fix them. So they were old questions. Uh, In terms of thinking about statistical aggregates, thinking about macroeconomics in that way, Irving Fisher pioneered that uh, a generation before Keynes. The Mont Pelerin Society. Uh, can you tell us what the importance of that was in terms of uh, developing a sort of a new consensus? So the Mont Pelerin Society is an organization that was started by Friedrich Hayek. Yeah, in 1947, they had the first meeting in a small town in Switzerland called Mont Pelerin, hence the name. Um, I try to capture the spirit of those times at the beginning of the chapter by relating a story about a German economist named Walter Eucken. Um, Eucken was observed uh, sitting on a bench 
uh, in Mont Pelerin eating an orange and really, really enjoying the orange, uh, eating it with obvious delight, I think is the way uh, George Stigler put it in his reminiscences about the meeting. And why was the orange so delightful to Eucken? Because Eucken had spent the war in Germany. Uh, he was a critic. He was an opponent of the Nazi regime. But nonetheless, he spent the war in Germany. He actually had friends who were involved in the Girdler plot to uh, – sorry, Girdler was a friend of his uh, involved in the Valkyrie plot to assassinate Hitler. So Eucken was lucky to get out of the war without spending any time in jail. Nonetheless, he lived in a planned economy, and in that planned economy, oranges were reserved for the elite, and there were no oranges available in the grocery stores. And that's the sort of economy that the Mont Pelerin Society was determined to prevent from happening again. Uh, so it was meant to – the society was supposed to sort of rally the few remaining classical liberals, those who weren't uh, in love with an expansive role for the state. The idea that planning – had won the war and that planning could help the economies prosper in peacetime was a very widespread idea. And so the few people who didn't buy it needed to get together and sort of improve their case by arguing against and with each other. The Mont Pelerin Society has never been a think tank. That is, they never issued position papers or white papers or sponsored research even, but it's just been a place for the members to meet and discuss and sort of debug one another's ideas. Uh, so in some ways, I, I discuss in the book, it's a counterpart of the Fabian Society, which was a society on the left, a society standing for the gradual uh, realization of socialism through piecemeal reforms or legislative changes. And the members of the Mont Pelerin Society are certainly uh, opposed to that. They're in favor of as Hayek put it in his essay on the intellectuals and socialism, making a free society uh, an appealing utopian vision, uh, trying to capture the imagination of young intellectuals that we need to think about how to build a free society rather than uh, a centrally planned society. Uh, but the uh, business of trying to influence policymakers, the Mont Pelerin Society uh, didn't like the Fabian Society issue pamphlets, they left that to uh, think tanks and many Mont Pelerin members have been affiliated with think tanks back in their home countries. It's always been a very international society. Uh, and the Mont Pelerin Society has operated just at the most rarefied level of uh, intellectual discussion. But I think it's been important, uh, or at least the members have been important. Not clear that the organization itself has uh, sort of changed the minds of the people in it who've joined it. But those people have been important in their various countries uh, in changing the intellectual climate of opinion. Uh, I, I quote a couple of people who think that it's sort of the most important thing since uh, they compare it to the uh, Communist Internationale for uh, sort of spreading ideas that have in the long run made it possible for policy to change in a more market-friendly direction. Lawrence H. White is author of the new book, The Clash of Economic Ideas. We spoke following a forum for the book held May 11th. You can watch that forum at cato.org.